When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to another episode of the Ratchet Ramblers Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I don't have an AKAs, but we got a lot to get to, so I will throw it to my nigga in crime. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Not so newlywed PC, all social media, but you know me as Candace. Um, we are missing a member today as Adrian is not feeling well, so keep our good sis lifted up in prayer. We wish you a speedy recovery. We will try to be as hilarious as you are as we get ready to cover the smorgasbord of fucking shows. Um, we're gonna hop right into to it and we're gonna talk about um, the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion part three I really don't have anything I feel like Andy fucked up a really good season with a really dry reunion and centering it around Marlo and trying to give her a comeback story Um, I don't think I, I really honestly don't remember anything from these reunions all three parts and that in itself is very indicative. Let me tell you something. If you put half of the effort into these damn uh, reunions as you do these damn contrived storylines, you might actually have something worth a damn. This shit, uh, none, nothing about this reunion gave. The only interesting thing, and I'm very putting interesting in heavy air quotes, was the shit with um, what's the, um, Drew and 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 Sonya and and even that is finding something to be interested in like you have potential for a lot of interesting storylines this season and instead we got this Marlo's redemption tour whatever bullshit you want to do trying to redeem her like she's not a terrible bitch and has always like she's always been a terrible bitch um there was not nearly enough focus on actually interesting storylines uh such as Kenya um, the th- the uh, with uh, Candy and Todd and their um, situations. Um, hell, even Drew had something potentially interesting, um, but instead chose to focus on this contrived, trying hard ass beef with uh, Sanya. Um, it's just a lot of wasted potential, and the reunion encapsulates this because nothing about this shit was memorable at the fuck out, at least to me. It, it wasn't, it was not memorable. And I've got to say that. And three parts, nigga? Well, three, yeah, three parts. I, I want to say that um, the co- contract negotiations should be contingent on these housewives bringing full transparency. I don't believe we get that with Candy anymore. Um, I think she hides behind, you know, the storylines of the other lady. For her to be the longest running housewife currently, she doesn't give us anything. 
And right as on. much as we talk about how Marlo had no business getting a peach, if Marlo hadn't gotten a peach, Candy would have had no storyline because the little bit of storyline she did have was was based on Marlo shooting slugs at her. You know what else going on? And calling her all kind of dick sucking dummy. So like I while yeah. I, I do I like I said it was a better season than had than we've had recently from Atlanta housewife because seasons I want to say we didn't even cover seasons like what a uh, 10 11 12 um, we, and if we did if we did it was very brief we kind of had clocked out yeah matter of fact we only I think we covered the season we did cover last season because wasn't that with Strippergate? Yes. Okay, before that, we hadn't covered Atlanta for like two or three seasons prior to that. Yeah. I think the I think last, the last one time we covered it was, was when Nene was there. Yeah, when Nene was there. So that that's saying a lot. And this was a pretty good season. But when you look back at it, there nothing really, really stood out other than Marlo just coming in with all that goddamn calamity. Um and she by Sheree, I still feel like the whole Tyrone thing was was fabricated for TV. She needed a storyline. Absolutely. So before we head on up out of here, Drew did a did a podcast or an interview, and she no, she did a radio interview with the brat in whatever radio show she has, and she said like. <laughs> Sheree had wheeled out all that She bought Sheree merch and stuff For the girls and as soon as The camera stopped rolling Sheree snatched That shit back and collecting it right on up And, and left <laughs> So she was, Drew was like None of the ladies have anything from She bought Sheree she took it all back I mean I mean, Even if they did get anything To be fair what, just go get it off Shein I, Yeah I was about to say did you really Was anything of value really lost No not at all. Before we um, move on to the next show, I want to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to John and Jackie of the John and Jackie show. Y'all have heard John on the podcast multiple times talking reality TV, but he and Jackie do a podcast together. I've been a guest. I know Jeremy has been a guest on the John Effect podcast yeah. and they do really good work over there. I um, helped John kick off his latest um, pod series called This Is 30, where he has tapped into Black people from all walks of life discussing life in their 30s and what it looks like and what is so integral about going into your 30s and preparing to come out of your 30s and and things of that nature. I also was on the John and Jackie show and they have this hilarious segment called like, would you suck it? (laughs) And, you know, we did that, but we also, Jackie and I got into a really amazing segment about a lot of the pressures that are put on black women to be perfect and perform to everybody else's standard. And then we are not allowed to hold people to a certain standard in return. Like we have to be the top of the top of the top. We got to look the best. We got to have the best body, the best jobs, the best education. We got to pick the best niggas and we got to do this. And in turn, when we have high standards as well, it's kind of like, girl, you girl, you black. Now, you know, you got to take what you can get. So we we did that. And um, we hope to have John and Jackie on as Potomac is coming back. So we're going to get them over here and talk a little of our talk. But please be sure to go check out the John Effect podcast and the John and Jackie show. I promise you won't be disappointed. And they um, John and Jackie were Curtis approved. So that tells you all you need to know. 
They had they had the Trulificent stamp of approval. So that's that's what you need to know. I want to say that before we got on over to um, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I'm not disappointed in Love and Hip Hop Atlanta so far this season. I think a lot of the mess and chaos has been extremely organic. Um, and we're being able to watch it play out in front of our faces because, for example, Kendra thought she got one over on the ladies. Like, she really thought she had put on a Oscar-worthy performance to Bambi and Erica Mena. whole time, this lady knew she knew about Mita, she knew about the baby, and it's, I'm glad they called her out on it at the sleepover. And in the preview for next week, she's supposed to meet up with Mita and Mita pulling receipts out her titties and shit. My problem with Mita is you've been changing your story every time we... It has not been. Yeah, it's not been consistent. One minute is y'all was fucking up to 2020, 2019. Then you telling Kendra y'all ain't fucked since 2017. Now you pulling receipts out your titties for this. Like, get, leave us alone. I just, at the at the end of the day, if you have not uh, fucked this man in years now, why are you here, ho? What, what's the issue? I, I don't, I want to get it, but I don't get it. I don't get it at all. You don't get it because you're not a bozo, friend. That's true. I would just like to say, like, the, well, I don't want to necessarily say the 180 because, I mean, she was a nigga. I mean, I mean she was a woman that was dating a nigga named Jaseel. But, like, remember, like, Kendra's first introduction to, like, this show. And then fast forward to now. It's something to behold, ain't it? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, again, my expe- my standards, well, not my standards, but my expectations weren't that high because, I mean, she was bigger. But I didn't think she would turn out this cream. Is that fair to say? No. I-, I feel like when we first were introduced to Kendra, she was holding Jock accountable for his bullshit. Not just with her, but with other women. I feel yeah. like he has beaten her down to the point where she is now another one of those women she was complaining about. She's settling for anything. You're you're helping this man pay child support and be giving money to baby mamas and all kind of shit. What is the work that he has to do if he can just rely on you to do it? Yeah. When is he when is he growing and evolving and being a better man, not only to you, but to his kids and to the women that he had kids with? He's not doing shit. You're nothing more than a financial security blanket with a fat ass. You're an attractive, you're an attractive simp. Yeah, she she big simp, big simp, big simp energy. You're you're an attractive trick. You're a beautiful woman. I, I as a career-oriented black woman with no kids, baby, you are the prize. And the fact that the, the one the nigga you decide let open you and unwrap you is fucking Jaseel. Bell Pepper nose Jaseel. Jaseel. Clog pours on the nose having Jaseel. And the, the, the meat don't match the bravado. <laughs> the, meat, the meat not matching. <laughs> the meat not meat. The meat is not meeting. I don't know. It, it's, very, it's very sad if you ask me. And on the flip, you got, you did total opposite. Her, Kendra and Jock's situation is the total opposite of um, Sierra and her nigga, Eric, I think his name is. Nothing Eric does for Sierra is enough because she don't want to be with him. And we need, she need to be honest about that. Do you think she still won't, won't shoot him? Yes. Okay, I'm glad we're here. Because I, yeah. I, I think she is, I think I, think I said it last week, but damn it, I'll I repeat it if I did. I don't feel that Sierra has been fulfilled since her and Shooter 
got divorced or and, and and separated, and I think she want that old thing. And until oh, she, she absolutely does, and until she do, she never truly gonna be happy. Because as much as that man, you know, fucked up, that was her true love. Yep. She and she and she she is never gonna find nobody better than that that nigga for her. Like she she wanted that old thing. And, and the crazy part is sitting here watching her lie because much like you said, we can look back to Kendra's inception on the show. We can look back to Sierra's inception on the show. Sierra, first of all, I hate the term alpha anything because all that shit is contrived. And corny. It, it don't exist for real. The person who started the alpha male, beta male, gamma male, this male, it was all bullshit. He took all that shit from studying wolves and wolf packs. We was wolves. It has nothing to do with, with human interaction and socialization. However, if we were to play into the trope, We've never seen Sierra be no fucking alpha female. We've seen her be a bozo. Shooter was running that ship. She couldn't get BK Brasco to act right. Instead, I believe Sierra went into this relationship with this younger guy, hoping to have the upper hand since she's never had it in her previous relationships. Mm, mm. That's a good point. Because instead of being the one walked on this time, she wants to do the walking. Yeah, which that goes back to what I was saying last week. She hasn't healed because you... You you're not you're not a healed insane person doing no shit. Because I'm not trying to be funny, but who the fuck accepts um a wedding a proposal, right? Knowing you don't want to marry this person. That's how you end up on love out the locker. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And again, it but it these feel like authentic storylines this season, right? Because we've we've seen a lot of Kendra's. That's just it. There's a lot of kindreds in the world. A lot of women who are willing to stay with men who cheat and treat them like shit as long as it's not made to be public information. And we see a lot of men take women back and, and stay in shitty relationships and such as long as they're not being embarrassed publicly. They can handle embarrassment behind closed doors. Keep it on the inside. Yeah. Don't air our dirty laundry. Kendra was absolutely a-okay and even went on to marry Jock, knowing about the bait that I think it's an outside baby. I don't think it's no break baby. Knowing about um, Mita and all this other shit, as, as long as it wasn't going to end up on our TV screen, she was okay with it. Which, to be fair, I feel like I feel like you kind of have to assume it might, though, because y'all are already out of the TV. Am I, am, is that being too harsh? I mean, I guess it depends on... Do they want to include it in the storyline? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Especially because this stuff started leaking. Um, it started to come out unexpected mm. while the filming was taking place. That's fair. That's fair. So if if it had never started hitting the blogs, her and Jock would still be acting like they're happily married. Fair enough. So yeah. Um, but I hope Kendra has learned a lesson in that. Once you are on reality TV, you have any any dirt, any skeletons in that closet, you have to expect that people are going to snatch them out for an opportunity to get a paycheck off you. If you thought somebody wasn't going to run to the blogs with that jock information, you were, honey, you were naive and foolish. They waited for the perfect opportunity and leaked it. So um, another very real storyline is this shit with Ra Rashida Rashida's mama is the problem. For so long, we have called Rashida all types of bozos, and rightfully so. But I am realizing, seeing Rashida's father on this show, that Rashida married a man just like her daddy. 
And what's the mama name? Charlene? Yes. Miss Charlene forcing her daughter to have a relationship with the father. Charlene. Miss Charlene. Miss Charlene, yeah. Forcing her daughter to try to have a relationship with an absent father who has not only been absent, but indignant about his absence and entitled, talking about you should have reached out to me. You should have called me. I don't give a fuck if you if you 14 or 44. As a parent, it is your job to check in and reach out to your kids. Your kids shouldn't have to chase you down for no relationship unless they are the ones that break the relationship. If it's by their own doing, okay, yeah. But you being absent in not only your daughter's life, but your grandkids' lives, that don't make you feel like shit. It should, but he has no shame, which that in itself is the problem. I'm so glad Rashida cussed that man out. And then talking about, uh, I don't like Kirk. Kirk, you. You Kirk. <laughs> and maybe, and if we being honest, the only difference between you and Kirk is that you didn't get married and have another a baby on your wife. But you didn't take care of your kids. Kirk took care of his. Y'all two sides of the same coin. And that's why your daughter is, is frazzled in the goddamn brain. Because yep. she don't know what a president accounted for man look like. A man who respect women. A man who take care of his kids and treat women with the utmost respect. And then she act just like her mama because ain't no way in the fuck I would be running behind no man who been absent in my kid's life trying to force no relationship. All that's saying to me is you you telling your, your daughter that no matter how awful a man treats you, he's worthy of redemption. That ain't my storyline in life. I don't feel like everybody is, is worthy of being redeemed in my eyes. Some bridges, once they burn, let them stay singed. Yep. Um, and last, last but certainly not least, um... I just would like to know what kind of dog food does Safari eat where he feels like rich dollars owes him any form of loyalty. That's all I want to know. One, I do think rich is a, is a fucking bozo, but it bears repeating that you went behind rich's back and got with Erica when y'all were super, super cool and considered each other friends. And rich had to find out through the grapevine that you was fucking Erica Mena. And when asked about it, you wanted to fight him for even asking you about it. How you get him be how you lose him. Yep. Now, do I think Rich Dollar's belly button built looking ass is petty than the motherfucking too old to be trying to get under Erica to, to get under Safari skin? Absolutely. Bro, you are 50. And Erica is as problematic now as she has always fucking been. And so what you are doing doesn't serve you in any capacity. But I appreciate it that you told Safari, man... Ain't this the pot calling the kettle black? I know we be getting on Scrappy and the way the nigga be saying music and shit like that. But listen, he ain't give Safari nothing but fucking facts about the door that you open up when you don't want to be with the woman you married in the same household as the kids you created. Mm. You leave the door open for somebody else to come in and do more damage than you have done or really love the fuck out of the family that you ditch. I don't understand what you were so upset about. That's the truth. You don't want Erica. You don't want to be married to Erica. You don't want to be in the same household as your kids. It's too toxic. That's understandable. But that doesn't mean that another man won't come in and do worse or 
give her the love that she that she feels she deserves. Because I think the bitch is a bozo, a homophobe, a transphobe, and everything else. So I don't think she deserved nothing good in life. So you getting up, flying off the handle, throwing a fucking chair, and knocking yourself in the head with it, debris. Honestly, I would say honestly, it's, it's water seeks its own liver. It's what you deserve. Yeah, debris. Are you smart? Nope. No. And then to ask, talking about a paternity test, and what rich mess, messy ass go do? Ran right back to it, talk about your baby daddy said he want a paternity test. Nope. Think of the messiest bitch you know. It's a man, ain't it? Ain't it? A, a straight one. I just like, but like I said, I appreciate the effort that Mona has put into this season. Um, a whole lot better than what we had been getting beforehand, before the pandemic. Because I think we had stopped covering this before the pandemic, didn't we? Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. Um. And while we here down in the A, we might as well go on over to Married to Medicine. And I just I want to get this off my chest right here, right now. Heavenly, you was being a messy piece of shit, bitch, while your mama was in hospice. So don't sit up here using it. Well, my mama just died. Y'all could kiss my ass on and so forth. Your mama's your mama's health and deterioration thereof was not on your mind when you was spreading rumors and getting into your ear about the shit that Anila and the other bitch was saying. So why you think you deserve all this grace and you can't be called out? When Toya brings up the fact that you you were also spreading the rumor because you brought it to her. People who do who do shit like that is like, well, I'm going through this, this, and that. Well, it's like clearly you have other stuff that you would think one would put, you pay more attention to that than being messy and trifling. Yeah. Like you would truly think that with all of that pain, that maybe you would you would lean on your your sister circle. Versus creating further division and chaos. I don't want to say Heavenly not a good person because I don't know her personally. And outside of being messy on this show, which we only come to these shows for mess. True. Um, what you show on, what you give us on this show, you are a super awful and messy person. Yeah. And no amount of throwing up things that have hurt you or harmed you will make that behavior okay. Your mom died, so you being extra messy. Your mom died, so you think that absolves you of any wrongdoing in a lot of these messy ass situations that yeah, you, you these yeah, fires you've been starting all season. Yeah, you think your mama would approve of you being this damn uh trifling and then using her as a crutch? Like, no, if you're gonna be messy, if you're gonna be chaotic, just stand on that. Stand ten toes down on it. Which is what's what's your favorite line, Jeremy? If you're gonna fuck around, what? Fuck around exponentially. You cannot be a, a villain and a victim at the same time. I done said this seven to eight years on this damn show. And I'm keep saying it. You can't, you can't be both. You cannot be both. And honestly, it's more fun because, you know, like you just said, we come to these shows for mess. Like, be a villain, make it entertaining, and we good. But you can't be a villain and then you crying <laughs> and doing all this carry it on. For sure. Be a, be a villain and stand up in, <clears throat> and in it. Stand up in it. Yeah, I like said it because like, wasn't nobody yeah. else going to say it, so I said it. Right. Like, I'm just here to cause chaos. And you know what? I can respect that. I might not like it, but I can respect it because you're being honest. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of honest, I want to um, wanna talk about Anila a little mm. bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and quiet. Typically, we sit in the middle where Quad is concerned on this show. Like, we don't have a problem calling Quad out on her shit. And we also don't have a problem saying when Quad is on the right side of things. 
In this situation with Anila, Quad is being fucking messy. And ridiculous. Messy and fucking ridiculous. Let me say a few things about Anila in that house situation. I'm not wealthy, okay? If I was wealthy, if I was living in a million dollar mansion, I would have my family heirlooms in a safe deposit box somewhere. They would not be easily accessible in my home. Or if I didn't want to put them in a safe deposit box, I would have a safe, a hidden safe somewhere in my home to protect my family heirloom. You are a sitting fucking lick, Anila and Dr. Kieran. You had all that fucking jewelry and all your self-proclaimed family heirlooms out and available to be taken with ease should someone come into your house that was under secured and under surveilled. I don't think you were set up by Toya. I don't think nobody had a hit out on you. I think that those fucking robbers saw a lot of traffic coming in and out of y'all's gated community and they slid right the fuck in with everybody else and were looking for homes they could hit and they found yours. They saw a sucker and they licked Nothing more, nothing less. And if I had to have a theory, I would I would accuse y'all of having this shit set up to get the insurance money before anything else, because it seems like the person knew exactly where to go to find all your jewelry and family heirlooms. And them damn security camera was on. Now, now I was born that night, but it wasn't last night. Like it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like they trashed your house. They wasn't taking purses, bags, and shoes. They didn't ransack the house. They went directly to the jewelry and the family heirloom. I ain't saying it was an inside job. But I'm saying it could have been an inside job. Hello. That's all I'm saying. Cause like I said last uh, last week, I uh, I've been saying it on Twitter and I said last week, I don't believe Toy had anything to do with that that shit for real. I was just making a joke that it would have been funny if she did, because that would have been the most Detroit shit I ever seen in my fucking life. But most likely, it, like I said, them them robbers, you know, saw a sucker and they licked it. Or what I believe, like we just said, y'all did that shit inside the door for that damn insurance. Yeah. So, so with that being said, the fact that they're trying to push this narrative that Toya has something to do with it is fucking ridiculous. Y'all, y'all been calling Toya dumb for 84 goddamn years, and all of a sudden y'all think she's smart enough to set up something like this? Man, if y'all don't get out my damn face. Like immediately. Boy, I know y'all fucking lie. Immediately, immediately. Um, a shout out to Dr. Jackie for hiring another black woman, OBGYN, at her practice. And shout out to her for making that sister feel welcome with those beautiful gifts. We love to see it. But your friend, oh, let me be honest, I did not care about that birthday party that Toya and Eugene threw for their son. It felt like fluff and filler. What was the reason? I did not care. If we be being honest, don't that don't it and I'm not trying to be mean, but I am trying to be honest. Don't it usually seem anything pertaining to Toy and Eugene feel like a lot of fluff and filler for absolutely like, for like 80% of their damn time on screen? Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep, it does. All right, so we can move on. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, <laughs> Dr. Simone Ciso, the most outlandish part about this whole writing a relationship advice book is the fact that you two motherfuckers have not done the work to actually reconcile 
the issues that brought y'all to the brink of a fucking divorce. And when I, cause I watched it and I was discussing it with Mike and my mom, Dr. Simone is one of those women who feels because she is highly educated that she knows it all about everything. I mean, we've seen that with her personality since she's been on the show. Yes, Miss Mamas, you are a great OBGYN. You does your fucking thing when it comes to that medical shit and delivering babies and healthy pregnancies and women's reproductive health and so on and so forth. But you don't know shit about shit about being emotionally intelligent. Neither you nor Cecil have done any work to actually get through the issues and beyond the issues that brought y'all to the brink of that goddamn divorce. And the level of astonishment on my goddamn face watching you two old motherfuckers talk about we don't even really know why it did what it did and who did. Like, you, you don't know. Like imagine so y'all right, took divorce off the table and y'all have just been putting a band-aid over a bullet wound ever since. I would say imagine saying you're gonna write a book and then write a book about relationships when you know parts of a key and integral part of any type of relationship, whether that be romantic, platonic, whatever, familiar, whatever, a, a good part of any healthy relationship is accountability, and neither of you two motherfuckers know a goddamn thing about accountability, yet you are writing a relationship book. <laughs> I know y'all fucking lying to me. Y'all ain't got no other storyline. Y'all ain't got nothing like, else. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. It's got to be for a storyline because there's no way that y'all felt like y'all could be authorities on relationships when you motherfuckers hadn't even incorporated into this book the issues that brought you to the brink of divorce and how you recovered from being on the brink of divorce. Those should be the two major components of that relationship advice book. I'm going to be honest. I don't so even think. Low-key, I want to know what the fuck y'all have written so far because it's got to be a fucking comic book. Right? I'm going to be real. I don't even think they really recovered from the, divorce, the brink of divorce, to be honest. I don't think so either. Because, like, just looking at them, they don't look like the Cecil and Simone. They- and, and if we could be honest, they're never really on the same page every time we see them now. It's like they're going along to get along. Yeah. But they're not truly happy. And and now we know why. Because y'all have not done the work to actually not just recover, but heal from the issues that brought y'all to that point. You know who should be writing a fucking relationship advice book? Curtis and Dr. Jackie. Because they've right. done the work. Now, I wouldn't read it. But they need to be writing the book. I'm going to be honest, I would, I would read it. Because they have actually done the work. Not just her. Him too. They've done the work. They are doing things differently. Even now, seeing Dr. Jackie bring in another doctor so that she cannot be spending so much time in the office, especially after the pandemic. Well, not the pandemic is not over, but especially after being so heavily involved at the height of the pandemic. And I can't imagine what that must have looked like and how much loss she saw in pregnant women due to COVID. And black so women, black women in particular. Yeah, black women in particular. So she she's meeting Curtis halfway. And it seems that Curtis is also meeting her halfway. And I believe they went to like couples that they went to marriage counseling. I think if I remember, Curtis did some individual counseling to work through his shit. I believe so, yeah. That's who people should want to hear from. Like you said, Jeremy, to be honest, I really wouldn't read the shit, but, but it could help somebody. It could help somebody. 
I bet they they have done more work than Cecil and Simone have. Yeah, it's one of where it's like, nah, I was I was joking, like I'm not gonna read it. And I mean, but it it would be way more beneficial to somebody else if if Curtis and Doctor Jackie wrote it as as opposed to goddamn Cecil and Simone. Absolutely, um, you know who I like if they wrote a book who like just on life. You know who I really would um read them. Doctor Damon. I, this this is a Doctor Damon Stan account. <laughs> you love it is. He is a. He is a. He just got such a a ray of sunshine and energy about him. He's a kind soul, and he is grounded in who he is. He knows who he is. He knows the man that he wants to portray himself as, and he does that. And he doesn't allow anybody to deter him. From being Damon. On the a, reverse, you know who fat, sloppy, funky, sweaty, big, bag, buck too fast I can't stand? Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are Damon Stan account and you are Eugene hate account. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like Dr. Damon is Eugene feels he is, except he a messy bitch that lives for drama. Not, not a fan. Not a fan at all. Uh, was that it for Married to Madison? Uh, yeah, I believe so. If we missed anything, we'll come back to it next week. For sure. Um, let's let's head on over to Chicago. Um, to discuss Black Ink. It's two two storylines I would like to to talk about, and it's with Four and Don. Um, the brothers. Ryan done. Mama knows she fine. Yeah, she always been fine. Well, also Ryan, stop hiring people whose goal don't align with your own. There is no way as a as the shop owner, you should be in there booked and busy more than your artist. That shop should never be empty. It should never be empty. Yeah, this ain't this ain't the content shop. No. Nine Mag is far too established for that shop to ever have any empty days. Um I'm a Prince fan. <laughs> When he went and got his little car, I was hollering. Drea gifted him a new tattoo gun. That's love. I don't believe he and Drea have anything romantic going on. Me I think they are truly just great friends. And I love that for them. But you know who I hope get up every day and bump their head forever for the rest of their fucking life? Forever. All those fucking boohoo buckets of tears after you told that girl to get the fuck out your house and find something to do with her life and get out your house. Why y'all be making babies with people that y'all don't really want to be with like that? Because they don't be thinking. Y'all be thinking with all the wrong body parts. Y'all got a whole brain, a big ass brain, and y'all think with y'all little ass genitals. And that includes baby mama too. Yeah. Because honestly, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, now this is not me saying that she deserved to be treated uh, the way that she was by four. What I'm saying is, you, because we talked about this in the pregame, four has never truly been stable in any relationship he's had since we've seen him on this damn show. He never had. The most stable he's probably ever been is with Nikki and hell. They even that was, was coin flip. So seeing that, could seeing that, I don't think it was the wisest decision. I don't want to say it wasn't wise to date for, but definitely probably shouldn't appropriate. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. With that said, that's still go does sit not, on that lady couch. There you go. Cause I was just about to say, with all that said, that don't give for the right to treat her the way that he did. And and it damn sure don't give you the right to be on our TV screens with all them fucking tears, knowing that this is the result of a situation that you had a hand in destroying. Correct. 
you absolutely could have treated her better. You absolutely could have done better as a man to make sure that a co-parenting situation was healthy. You had no business dipping back, doubling. Dip. Just dumb. Just dumb as hell. I don't know what world y'all live in where you can go from being in a relationship with somebody to breaking up with them, to finding out y'all finna have a baby together, to staying broke up with them, then to start dipping back sexually and act like it's not going to cause confusion and chaos and living up in the same house and playing motherfucking house together and think it's not going to be chaotic as fuck. Just dumb as fuck. It don't make no sense. And speaking of dumb as fuck, Ashley, hello. <laughs> it's always our displeasure to see you on our TV screen being fucking useless and worrisome. Damn we. I thought I couldn't get no more no more annoyed with you than when I saw you in that fucking Shirley Chisholm wig and that one episode, that Freedom Riders wig that you had on. <laughs> oh fucking right. That desegregation wig that you had on in that one episode. That you said she had a, a Martian that, that same wig. wig that they put on Liz Taylor when she was playing Cleopatra. That wig. That Selma wig. That, that Selma wig. Yeah. That one. That Billy Holiday wig. All right. From Lady <laughs> Sings the Blue. That Diana Ross wig from Mahogany. At least this wig had a part. It wasn't a good one, but it had a part. That Queen Latifah wig when she was playing, when she had her titties flapped out. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh, that okay. wig. That wig. But you managed to annoy me more because you create, you picked a useless argument with Don over support of a dream that you have not even, you don't even know the fucking dream yet because, bitch, you ain't went to sleep. You too busy annoying. Lay down so you can figure out what your dream is in life. You up, talking too much. If I if I come to you and say, Jeremy, I got a dream. I just want you to support me. And you reply, of course, I got you. What is it that you're trying to do? And I say, it don't matter. Just support me. I will be confusion. You want support for something that you have not even yourself sat down to figure out yet. You want to go into the medical field and do what? baby what's the goal what's the dream you have for yourself in the medical field beloved because when don asked you you had nothing and then accused him of not being supportive and not being this and this is the thing we've seen don be very shitty to you ashley very shitty we have but one thing that we can say about don is that when he wants to carry through and follow through with something he does even to the displeasure of you because when he wanted to cheat on you with charmaine he followed through when he wanted to cheat on you and have an outside baby he followed through when he wanted to start being a piercer at nine mag followed through Wanted to start bodybuilding, follow through. Wanted to open the gym, follow through. Wanted to be an actor, follow through. Been in a couple movies and being cast for more. So my thing is, you don't get to tell somebody who has a history of executing their plans and putting plays into motion to, to blindly support you. You have not blindly supported Don. Everything that he said he was going to do and wanted to do has come to be. So I'm confused at this argument. Because at no point did he say he doesn't support you. He doesn't want you to follow your dreams. Because let's be honest, if you're following your dreams and, and you are successful, that's income in y'all household as a couple. Correct. This argument confused, it confused the fuck out of me. Well, it confused you because you're not an idiot. He didn't say nothing wrong to that girl. He said, what is it that you want to do? I will gladly support you. What are you trying to do? It's on, it don't matter, Don. Just support me. Just support me, please. You, I feel like Ashley is Don's Marcelino. When he is too successful or he's finding success in the things important to him outside of her and the kids, 
she she tries to sabotage it. She's a Honestly, dictator I, a lot of times. She is. I also feel like this argument, more than anything, at least to me, was we need Ashley to argue with Don over something stupid because Don don't have too much going on this season. At least not like he has an older season. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It, it felt like filler. His life is very quiet when he's not cheating on Ashley. <laughs> Which is a damn shame. <laughs> but, the only time you got a storyline is when you cheat on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it, I wouldn't mind seeing more of his like acting endeavors. And I actually watched that one movie that Don was in. It was on Tubi. And if you know, you know, when it comes to Tubi, you can find the worst of the worst and the best of the best black movies on Tubi. It just depends on the type of mood you're in. But the movie was good. It was based off a book that I'd read from one of my favorite authors. Um, and surprisingly, he was a he was for that to be his first acting role, he was really decent in it. We should see more of that than like this literally stupid argument with with him and uh, Ashley. And honestly, more so just actually being dumb. Yeah, for sure. For the sake of being dumb. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for Black Ink. I want to get to... And you know what? I want to save Salt Lake City for last. The season premiere of Salt Lake City for last. I want to talk about Love and Marriage Huntsville because... Um, I, typically we are we do love Kimmy over here at Ratchet Rambling. But, but she's been fucking up lately. She's been fucking up. I do not understand her going back to Tisha and Destiny to discuss any conversation she had with Mel private. Keep keeping up, Miss. And it would be different if Mel or if Mel was still cool with Destiny or Tisha in some capacity, but they don't fuck with that lady at all. So what what stood to be gained by you running that conversation? You back know then? what? You know what? Now that I think about it, Cam, is high key. Because I don't even want to say low key, high key. Kim has been a bone collector for a good minute. Yeah, Kimmy has been a bone collector for a good yeah, minute. Yeah, she's she been bone collector. She's she been, <laughs> she been the Sherelle of this show for a good minute. She has. She truly has. But I feel like if you're running a campaign for everyone to get along... Everyone While also doing this. Yeah, everybody to coexist. You can't do this. Yeah, right. You and you knew that Destiny was going to take that bone back to Martell. There is no way you want to see Mel and Martell coexist and get along and you're doing shit like that. Right. You can't be the peacekeeper and the bone keeper at the same time. It don't work. Yeah, you cannot be the peacekeeper and chaotic creator at once. Come on, alliteration. Huh. You cannot do both. Right. Also, when Destiny went and told Martel, okay, when he went and talked to Melanika, I got a weird vibe from. Okay, I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad that we're here because I really could not make heads or tails of it. It was just off because, like, okay, the the range of emotions. Let me like on the one hand, I got a bit of flirting, but then on the other hand, I got antagonism. Then on the other hand. It's like they can't stand each other, but they do business together. It's just, it's their dynamic, or at least in that conversation, the dynamic was weird. And I feel like we, that conversation, we saw a side of Melanika that we hadn't seen, really, for real. And I guess it's because, you know, before it was just her and Martel, you know, talking about business. But now it's like mess that directly involves her. And she 
it feels like she kind of turned up, but not in a way that I, I don't know how to feel about it. It was just weird. Something was weird. Like it went from, you know, I only came on to work with you professionally. It's never been nothing like that to, well, we fucked around in high school and we haven't in a long time. So don't nobody want you. And Martel saying, what you mean you don't want me? Like, it was very fucking weird. It was all over the place. Like, if it's professional and professional only, there was no reason for us to find out that y'all had screwed around in high school. Especially when we don't care because one, y'all grown too. That was years ago. <laughs> like, you you had an opportunity to clear this up, but I feel like you put an even bigger target on your back. Because don't nobody, because we don't know what the hell to make heads or tails of it now. Yeah, it, it seemed it started off as like, why would she do that? You know, it's only ever been professional between you and I. To so, what if we did? Why are you worried about who I'm fucking? Yeah. While also it, telling us you married, and then saying, why are you worried about who I'm having sex with? Like it was, like you said, it was all over the place. It yeah. didn't make sense. And it didn't clear up anything. It kind of made you look worse. It, it 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 was very weird, and it left more questions than answers. Because to because now I I actually do want to see how the husband you know if she married or not how he feel because like nigga this involves you too. Well, or or better yet, your wife like you like I would assume that he is not happy about all of these rumors and mess swirling around about his wife. So I. Mm, it just, it, it was a lot of weird vibes from the whole conversation and left more questions than answers. Yeah, absolutely. I think I said this last week, but it bears repeating as we've gotten to the episode. I would love for the mamas to stay out of the, the, the bullshit on this show. <laughs> okay. I, Cause, like, Because I'm not going to lie, watching this thing with male mama, it was kind of cringe. Not going to lie. It was really fucking cringe. First things first. Even if Tisha supported ventures that Mel had at one point, those women are not friends in any capacity. There was no reason to post a picture of that girl in that t-shirt. If you wanted to, if you wanted to big up your daughter's business, why didn't you, why didn't you get one of her other married friends in a team wife shirt, which that's cringe in in itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But why would you use a picture of Tisha? And then you want to cry foul <laughs> when they when Candace, they wait 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 a minute you know what I just thought of and I'm I'm shocked that they hit me while I was watching you know what the damn shit around me <laughs> wifey for life yes yeah <laughs> wifey for life <laughs> like I was like what was the Friends. point of this and then she sat up and admitted she was being shady if you sick of people coming at your daughter you sick of people pulling her in the shit. Why would you contribute to, to more mess? Hello. Okay. I'm glad we're here because I did not for the life. And then tried to justify it. It wasn't like shade, shade. Ma'am. 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 The, yeah. the fact that you this goddamn old and being this messy, I don't give a damn if it was. I don't give a damn if it was light shade, heavy shade, forecast shade, cloudy on a rainy day shade, on the cloud shade. The shade was shade. You was being messy at your big ass age. What are you doing? And, okay. Let's see if we're on the same page here. I absolutely uh, believe she was dating Marceau and Maurice's other brother, Marcus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She she yeah. get too defensive about it. Yeah. I ain't, I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't never had no friend of the opposite sex that I, fi- I would drive five to six hours to hang out with on a very regular basis. Like once or twice every few months, sure. But consistently, 
No. And not only that, not only that, to add to that, your friend just so happened to be your friend, Echo, just so happened to be younger than you and the, the little brother of, of the family that your daughter and your ex-son-in-law have a rocky relationship with. Man, come on. All right. Yeah. I, I was born that night, not, not last night. Huh. Okay. Speaking of Martel, I... I don't want to use the word loyalty, but I feel like why would you want to buy back into the same company with the same people who have consistently antagonized and disrespected your wife and even your ex-mom-in-law? Hell, and even you. And even you. And have thrown them have, have thrown them under the bus and said all kind of mean things. And even the, the mother of one of the people has said super vile, nasty things about your children on more than one occasion. I don't understand wanting to buy back into that company, period. My thing is, if you if you are so capable of growing a business, grow your own. Yeah, get your builder's license. Put some pieces into play. Especially considering every time, every chance you get, you uh, say that you were the brains behind the, behind the situation. A male with just a pretty face, even though we know that's a goddamn lie. Yeah. Part of me feels, though, that he's desperate and that's why. Because, like, I agree with you. Ain't no way in the hell you should want to do this. But given that he, you know, tries support and all this, you know, trying to co-parent all this type of stuff, I feel like he's desperate for money. So he kind of don't have a choice. But that's also nobody's fault but his own. Yeah, nobody's fault but his own. And then we see you doing all this bootlicking with Tisha <laughs> and trying to sell yourself. Only for us to know that eventually it's going to result in you damn near fighting Miss Wanda, fighting Marceau, and you're still not going to buy back into Sculpt. All right. Like seeing this on the TV screen and then knowing what's, what, what has happened in real time is mad fun. Whole time you look like a fucking coward and a flunky trying to team up with the same people who constantly antagonize and disrespect your ex-wife and your children. It wasn't even worth it for real, for real. Yeah, like if you need the money that bad, which again, I'm pretty sure you do. Like, it's got to be more ways to get money than this. Hello. Especially for someone with your access and your connection. Hello. Next week is the big fight. We can't wait. I would say we, we've been waiting to literally. We looking forward to Since we saw the news break in real time, we have been waiting to the point we got into the season for it. Yeah. Speaking of big fights, Salt Lake City back. Segway Jones. Salt Lake City back. I didn't miss Mary at all. I, right? I, okay. I'm glad. Thank you for speaking of us. Thank you for the Elu friend. I want to say this. I feel like this was probably one of the best premieres we've seen for any show in a long time because it had it had it 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 caught us up with the mess that that happened. You know, during the break, it set really good set pieces, and we we got some 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 new alliances that. Ain't gonna last a hell of a <laughs> that we know ain't gonna last throughout the whole season. There was a lot of good set pieces in this first episode, and Mary was not missed one goddamn bit. Not one bit. Um, I'm glad to see Meredith talking more this season. Right. And the worst thing Lisa Barlow could have ever done was betray Meredith Marks because I... Meredith is on Lisa's motherfucking ass, bitch. She ain't letting up. She is. She... On Lisa's ass with the fucking Thor hammer. She got both barrels loaded. And is cocking back and blowing every time she gets an opportunity. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. 
And Lisa, on the other hand, now you copping, please. Now you want to sit down with Heather of all people and figure shit out? Right? Heather? <laughs> to, the, to the point where even Heather was like, bitch, what? <laughs> the same Heather you was literally just dogging out at the goddamn reunion, and now you calling her for advice? I know you fucking lying. Talking about she built like a Lego man and shit? <laughs> like, I know you damn lying. But that's how you know, that's how desperately it is. Because she don't, what, um... What Monique said, don't burn too many breeds. For sure. Speaking of, um, Jen Shaw is still here and <laughs> still pretending like... <laughs> like she ain't do that shit? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, she got to keep up that a little bit. She wouldn't get paid on for the show otherwise. But at the same time, I do agree with you that because it's like, girl, we know you did. And not even that, but it's like you want some sympathy for some really diabolical shit. You want sympathizers and supporters when you had literally made millions of dollars scamming senior citizens out of money. Like, girl, you and Brett Favre got the same trustee. And so... I know Brett Favre was looking at them charges for Jen like, hmm, that's hot. I can't wait for him to get his. <laughs> right. But she plans this party for Coach Shaw and... Speaking of which, who is also talking a way more... I think he talked more in these first this first episode than he's been in what like the three seasons of this damn show. Seth? No, uh, Coach Shaw. Oh yeah. But also Seth too. But I feel like Seth. Well, well I feel like they got to do something because these shows they pay you by the number of appearances you be making in the episode per episode, or you get paid per episode you appear in, and they need that money. Yeah, Jen even said in the confessionals, "Hell, damn near everything they got." Um, outside of necessity is going to her legal. Yeah, but I was very much so glad that Meredith and Seth are not allowing Lisa and those white women uh, victim tears to penetrate their disdain for her currently. Yeah, which I was going to say, now you know it's bad when Seth is like, nah, girl, now, but then to be fair, like I get it because hell, because the thing is, like, it's not only that Lisa betray. Meredith, yeah, she also betrayed and came for Seth as well, like literally. Yeah. So it's like you, you, you burned, you burned, you burned the bridge with Meredith. You burned the bridge with Seth. You made you, you put your husband in a, a very awkward situation because he, you know, love and respect both of them, but he also married you. Yeah, you, 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 you made an alliance and also betrayed an alliance with Jen last season. You put Coach Shaw in an awkward situation. You just, you just, you just burned the bridge with every goddamn body. Lisa. No, and then, and then told Seth, well, it's because everybody kept saying she's not your friend. She's not your friend. She's not your friend. Somebody could come to me and tell me, Jeremy, not your friend for real. And with, and and without concrete evidence of you do, stabbing me in the back, I'm not finna listen to that shit. Matter of fact, I'm gonna come talk to you about it. Be like, so and so is being really weird, claiming I was about to say like that for real. From, speaking like, from experience, <laughs> yeah, like we know firsthand how that goes. So okay. it's just kind of like you allowed a bunch of forty plus year old women to peer pressure you, so you say, into right. speaking absolutely disgustingly about a long time friendship that you have had before this show was even thought about girl 10 plus years you threw 10 plus years down the drain and for what for what what did what? it gain you what was it so i like suffer and i like want to see her suffer because that shit was mean and shout out to meredith for digging up her own dirt this big old successful tequila brand y'all claim y'all got and y'all y'all was crowdfunding to keep it open which, lawsuits for unpaid debts 
that could okay so that in itself makes how she was talking to Whitney about said business in the first season even more fucked up in hindsight because ma'am Bam. Bam. It's tequila ain't tequila and like you think it is for you to be talking all this shit. Mm. Now, speaking of, say we're speaking of. Now, because uh, I don't even care what happened with the, the Mormon shit in the episode, but in the preview, how and I want to ask you, how and why do you think Whitney and Heather going to fall? See, that's, I can't quite put my finger on it. Me I can't put my finger on it. The only thing I can really think of is maybe Heather is going to get too involved in trying to patch Meredith and Lisa back up, whereas Whitney is probably going to do the smart thing and stay out of that shit, and that's going to cause a conflict of interest. That's what I'm thinking. Something, because they look like they cannot stand each other. Yeah, in the previews, yeah. To the point, I think it was, I think the very last scene of shot that they did in the uh, opening was Heather flat out telling Whitney, you not my bitch. And I'm like, well, how, how, how is y'all going to get to that? Absolutely. Because even to their own detriment of being goofy as fuck at times, they've been thick as thieves since they won. Yep. Yep. But now speaking of that, speaking of thick, now, how do you feel about Meredith and Jen formership because that threw me for a loop. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't think it's genuine. Mm. So you think it's a more of an enemy of my enemy of my friend? Yep. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Fair it's enough. one of those situations where, um, since she and Lisa are no longer friends, the next best thing is Jen Shaw, mm. and Jen is messy too. So anything that um, Meredith tells her, she'll be sure to run it back. Because I feel like this season is going to be about Meredith getting her lick back. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I'm not necessarily mad at. <laughs> no, I'm not upset at all. Get your lick back, sis. Because Meredith's been taking a lot of unnecessary licks from multiple people for multiple seasons now. And it's, hey, is she looking for revenge? Hey, hey. She found it. When you do clownery. The clown comes back to honk. Oh. Toot toot. We'll see, but I, I think this was a very good opening. Uh, episode. Probably yeah, I think this the, was a really good season premiere. Uh, because it, the reason, and the reason I say that, because it said a lot of set pieces without having too much fluff and filler. Probably the only filler was that damn with uh, Whitney and uh, Heather with the Mormon shit. Yeah, but that 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 came and gone. Everything else was setting a lot of good set pieces. Absolutely, so. absolutely. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Especially as I know it's going to dive more into Jen's legal issues. I want to see what happens with Lisa and Meredith, Heather and Whitney, um, you know, and so on and so forth. And I wonder if they've added any new girls to the cast that we haven't met yet. That would be, I'm looking forward to that. But I think it's going to be a, a good messy season. Yes. Messy mountains. Messy mountains. For sure. When you got too much snow in the mountains, you get messed. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Adrian. Shout out to Adrian. The ski lodge gets filthy. The ski lodge. Oh, fucking. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Well, we uh. out. We will be back next week. We adore y'all. And, um, you know, stay safe. It's spooky season. We out, nigga.